the award-winning Your Financial Editor program on 930 WFMD. News from the worlds of business and finance with your financial editor, Chris Murray. Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And, of course, as a podcast at Apple Podcast. And uh, we really appreciate everybody being with us this week. Uh, big, big stuff for us. 24-year anniversary of the program. Started back on November 11th, uh, 1997, when our uh, first child was just six months old. So, obviously, time has uh, really passed us by. But... Um, appreciate you guys. You've made it successful over the years. Uh, we've won awards and been blessed in many ways, and it's all because of uh, your involvement and also because we get uh, really, really special um, people as guests that take time out of their schedule uh, to join us and inform us and educate us about very important issues. And on this 24-year anniversary, we're just thrilled to have uh, Dr. Ben Carson. Uh, of course, you know, Dr. Carson is uh, world-renowned as a uh, neurosurgeon. Um, he ran for president in 2016. He did a phenomenal job as the, I think, the 17th uh, U.S. Housing and Urban Development Secretary. And we're going to talk about a few different things this morning. We're going to talk about the virus because of his medical expertise. We're going to talk about some great things that he's doing now that he's, uh, he, you know, he got out of politics um, as the secretary. And then also we're going to talk about opportunity zones. It's, this is a phenomenal concept that just... Uh, really caught fire and just the importance of that. Good morning, Dr. Carson. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing fine. And, and congratulations on 24 years. That means that you're obviously providing something important. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. And uh, again, like I mentioned, it's uh, guests like you who make the show uh, successful. So thank you uh, for, for taking time. So if you don't mind, um, you know, you uh, are uh, uh, you have the medical background, you're neurosurgeon, you've done phenomenal things. We could talk for days just about that. I have a friend who you did surgery on um, a little girl that he adopted from China and it was life saving. And he told me how not only just how blessed he was to have you in their lives to do that, but how humble you were in talking with the other siblings. Um, so thank you for all of that. Um, you know, that's just one example. We, we really appreciate your work there in the medical field. Yes, sir. So um, where do you think we are with the virus right now? A lot of people are concerned about that. What's your take on it? Well, obviously, uh, we have an incredible medical system here in the United States. The fact that we were able through Operation Warp Speed to come up with an effective virus in such a short period of time is nothing short of miraculous. Having said that, you know, millions of lives were saved, but now we've moved probably beyond science and into politics, and that's a real problem. Um, you know, the virus itself is largely under control. The number of new cases, the number of deaths is much smaller. 
than it was at the height of this uh, pandemic, uh, which means we've made a lot of progress. A lot of people have been immunized. Uh, you know, they wanted to reach 70 percent to beyond 70 percent. And, you know, there are tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people uh, who have natural immunity, probably millions of people who have natural immunity. And um, we know uh, that natural immunity is effective and that it lasts for a long time, and that it affects more than one component of the immune system, which is a good thing. Um, and yet we have a CDC the government that just doesn't even want to recognize natural immunity, something that we've known about for decades and have relied upon uh, because it doesn't fit into uh, the narrative that everybody has to have the vaccine. And, of course, it's not true. And also there have been a number of uh, other things that have proven effective, they're effective in other parts of the world. Why wouldn't they be effective here? Uh, hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, seratavir, um, and there's uh, new new drugs coming out by Pfizer and uh, Merck, which have enormous promise. And no one who's taken them have died uh, of COVID. So, you know, we need to, to take this out of the political arena and just start talking common sense. And common sense tells you you've, you've, you've reached your number uh, that you wanted to reach for herd immunity. You have a lot of people who have natural immunity. So, like some of the other countries in the world, let's start recognizing that. You know, Israel recognizes it, the EU even recognizes it, Great Britain recognizes the importance of natural immunity and have altered, uh, you know, their requirements to take that into account. Uh, we just seem to have a my way or the highway attitude, which is really antithetical to the way that we've practiced uh, in the past. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And the other thing is that, you know, and I saw you on a, a television interview um, I guess it was a week or so ago, and I'm sure you said it many times, you know, now this whole push for the 5 to 11-year-olds uh, having to get the vaccination, uh, and yet the mortality rate for that is like 0. .002, if I remember correctly. Yeah, point, point zero two five, which is about the same as the mortality rate associated with seasonal flu. So we haven't uh, gone through all these measures for seasonal flu and all these years. Why would we start doing that now? And we don't know what the long-term effects are of an mRNA-produced uh, vaccine. Uh, we don't know if that may have some autoimmune consequences. We just don't know because there hasn't been enough time. So why would we go so far as to subject a healthy young person who has almost no chance of having a problem uh, with the COVID virus, why would we subject them to long-term uncertainty 
and risk. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No, I couldn't agree with you more, and I appreciate you, you know, telling that story for uh, for people. So, uh, give us a, an update. Um, obviously, you've uh, retired as a, a neurosurgeon, and now you have um, the administration. You know, the last administration that's in your rearview mirror. Tell us about uh, the different things you have, like Doctor Ben and Miss Candy Carson, and also the American Cornerstone Institute. Well. You know, I was thinking that maybe I could retire uh, <laughs> after the election last year and uh, finally go play golf and enjoy life. But, you know, I recognized within a few weeks of the election the direction that we were going in as a country was probably not going to be one that would afford the next generations the same opportunities that we had unless we got involved. So uh, a number of uh, the superstars that had uh, joined me in uh, creating a new think tank slash do tank called the American Cornerstone Institute, which basically looks at four cornerstone principles that were so important in our evolution from a bunch of ragtag militiamen to the pinnacle power in the world. And uh, those four cornerstones are faith, uh, our Judeo-Christian values, which teach us to love your neighbor, not hate your neighbor, not cancel your neighbor. Those are evil things that have come into our society. And then the cornerstone of liberty. This was the beacon of liberty for the world, a place that everybody wanted to come so that they could live their lives as they wanted to live them without the heavy foot of government on their neck telling them what they could do and when they could do it and where they could go <laughs> why and you know all the things that socialism and communism impose with the promise that the government will take care of you so you give them all power and they take care of you the only problem is it never seems to work and um, then the concept of community one of the reasons that we were able to flourish and grow as a nation is because we had all of these small communities all over the country, people with different skills and talents, and how they were able to work together and to create prosperous communities that expanded and coalesced. And then the, the, the last pillar uh, cornerstone is life from the womb to the tomb as we've grown more distant in our respect for life we've grown more callous toward each other also and it's so important for the American people to recognize that we are not each other's enemies and we cannot let those entities that want to convince us that we're enemies to succeed by driving wedges wherever they can, race, age, income, religion, political affiliation, sex, you name it, driving wedges, trying to create chaos. Because the only way that they can fundamentally change America is to get most of the people to think that it needs to be fundamentally changed uh, and that we're evil uh, and that uh, 
everybody needs to be involved in, in helping to turn us into something else. What a bunch of garbage. You know, if we were such a, a bad place, why would people be forming caravans trying to get in here? Right. Uh, why are so many people from all over the world going down to our southern border and flooding into our country? Uh, obviously, uh, it is not an evil place. It is a place of enormous opportunity. And uh, one of the things that we do at ACI is help people to recognize that. And if people go to the website, American Cornerstone Institute uh, org, and uh, you'll see a number of conversations that are had with uh, uh, experts in lots of different areas. Uh, you'll see a lot of television and media appearances. Uh, op-eds, and ways to get involved. And then, of course, we've recently started, uh, as part of it, the Little Patriots program, which really focuses on our children. Uh, you know, our children are our most precious resource. And, uh, you know, they're being indoctrinated. It was uh, Nikita Khrushchev in the late 50s said to President Eisenhower, your grandchildren's children will live under communism, and we won't have to fire one shot. Yeah, he know? He knew that all you had to do is gain control of the educational system so you could indoctrinate the kids, gain control of the media so you could spoon-feed the population only what you wanted them to hear and exclude the other, uh, replace faith in God with faith in government, and raise the national debt to astronomical levels so that you could justify uh, massive taxation, redistribution of wealth, and total dependence on the government. And those are all the things that are happening right now. And we're fighting those and starting, you know, with the children, with the online program of education from K through 5 uh, that tells the real story of America, warts and all, uh, in a very entertaining, interactive way. you got Liberty Eagle guiding them through uh, the various lessons. And uh, I would say it's very good for adults, too, uh, really get the basics of, of who we are and where we came from. We have our first children's book uh, that is being released next week called Why America Matters and uh, really helps give you kids a very positive view. And again, um, we have things like the eagle in there and talk about the fact that the eagle has two wings, a right wing and a left wing. It can't fly with two right wings. It can't fly with two left wings. But when they work together, what a magnificent creature you have. Excellent. Boy, what, that's a great tie-in and, and one that uh, obviously the children can, can understand and, and relate to. It makes sense for them. Um, and again, folks, go to AmericanCornerstone.org. There's a real nice video on the uh, homepage uh, about uh, Dr. Carson uh, launching the Little Patriots program and what it's about. So I encourage you to go to um, AmericanCornerstoneInstitute.org. We're going to squeeze a quick commercial break in here. And then when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with uh, with my guest, um, uh, Dr. Ben Carson, 
And uh, we're going to talk. We'll have a few minutes left. We're going to talk about those opportunity zones that he was instrumental in um, in being part of. Uh, And, you know, it's 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 just been a phenomenal thing for sure. So we're going to talk about that. And um, I hope you stay tuned and you're able to uh, uh, to, you know, to continue to to listen. Uh, But again, we're going to take a quick break back on the other side. Stay tuned. Is there anything we can do to slow the spread of COVID? Yes, we can keep on. Keep on washing our hands, wearing a mask, and watching our distance. We can vax and boost. We can test and retest. And we can stay home if we're sick. There's a lot we can do to slow the spread of COVID. But what we can't do is give up. Keep on, Maryland. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Health. This is where Mid-Maryland comes to speak out. Free Talk, 930 WFMD. Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And as a podcast, just go to Apple Podcasts and you can uh, find the Your Financial Editor program uh, right there. We're wrapping up our conversation with our guest this morning, Dr. Ben Carson, uh, and uh, he's been kind enough to join us on our 24-year anniversary. Don't forget that's going on today, too. And, um, you know, uh, Dr. Carson, I mentioned the Opportunity Zones. We've talked a a lot about them over the years here on the program and their massive success. Uh, Give our listeners uh, this last four minutes that we have just an overview of uh, what you were able to accomplish. Well, it's a very important program. Uh, Let let me just mention before I start with that, uh, littlepatriotslearning.com is the website for the learning program, which is free of charge because we have underwriters. Now, you know, as far as the Opportunity Zones is part of the the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of uh, 2017, And it made it possible for people to invest in areas that were designated uh, as uh, lack of opportunity areas. And if you invested in those areas for five years, you got a 10% decrement in the capital gains that you owed on that invested capital. If you left it in for seven years, you got 15%. If you left it in for 10 years, you didn't have to pay any capital gains on the new money that was realized as a result of that. And it was felt that that would probably attract about $100 billion of uh, fresh uh, private investment in 10 years. In fact, it attracted $75 billion in just two years before COVID hit. Uh, projected to lift a million people uh, out of poverty, 500,000 new jobs. And, uh, you know, uh, there was a lot of criticism in the beginning. People said, this is just a mechanism for rich people to get rich. Well, newsflash, rich people are going to get rich anyway. Uh, They're going to invest their money somewhere. So if you can incentivize them to invest in the areas that are economically neglected, what a tremendous thing that is. And it obviously got a lot of traction, a lot of new places were built 
a lot of job opportunities and learning opportunities were presented. And, you know, this is, I think, the kind of thing that government should be doing, you know, helping to facilitate what the private sector does rather than coming in and saying, my way or the highway, this has to be done. Um, you know, you look at things like energy that's going on, and there's some people say we only need to deal with green energy, renewable energy. But we had the we had become energy independent. We were a net exporter of energy. We had the cleanest air and water in history. And uh, if if we were smart, we would say that's great, and let's continue that while we work on green renewable energy, and let's substitute things as they become available, rather than wreaking havoc particularly up on, you know, transportation industry and people who don't have a lot of money. Now they're paying enormous amounts of money for their fuel and for all the things that are associated with transportation. That makes absolutely no sense. I I couldn't agree with you more. And the one thing that we always point out is it hurts people that can't handle the hurt. It hurts people that um, are poor. It hurts people that are on fixed income. It hurts the single moms out there. And literally, we were talking at the beginning of the program, people are literally starting to have to make decisions because of inflation. Do I eat or do I fill my vehicle up to go to work or turn my heat on because winter's coming? So it's just it's really tragic. But I'll tell you again, and I couldn't agree with you more about, you know, uh, what we should be doing with energy. We talk about that often and, and just the common sense of it uh, and the opportunity zones, like you said, unbelievable, 100 uh, billion over uh, 10 years. And, you know, you were three quarters of the way there already in just two. So congratulations on all that you were able to do in that area and all the other areas. Um uh, that you helped us with when you were uh, Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. And and I hope at some point people uh, understand that the government works for the people. Uh, the people are not the subject of the government. Yep, yep. Amen to that. I couldn't agree with you more. Again, folks, you can go to uh, org and learn about uh, what the Institute is doing, uh, focusing on faith, liberty, community, life, uh, launching the Little Patriots program, uh, all kinds of good stuff. You can go there and learn. Dr. Carson, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us on our 24th anniversary. And again, yes, sir. Thank you for everything you've done. Always a pleasure. Thank you for being a voice of reason. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. You have a good rest of the weekend. And uh, folks, thanks so much for uh, being with us over the 24-year period. We appreciate it. Uh, You get all the credit because you tune in um, and learn and you're educated and you're informed Um, You know, you're not a mushroom kept in the dark under, you know, what. So um, that's what makes uh, us different, makes, you know, America uh, what we need to be. So uh, thank you so much for that, uh, being part of the program. And we'll, you know, talk with you on the Morning News Express. Nothing changes right now. We continue to roll along. Uh, Talk with Bob Miller and Ryan Hedrick at 5.56, on um, uh, weekday mornings. Those are live conversations with the guys. And then we'll be back here 
uh, next Saturday for another edition of the Your Financial Editor program. Uh, Again, thanks for the 24-year ride so far, and we're going to keep pushing. This is Chris Murray wishing you and your family financial success. Took the minute.